This episode is sponsored by Aura. Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything. And that product is Aura. Aura is an easy-to-use app that includes everything families need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need. So you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's and tomorrow's threats, and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you and your family. Browse safely, surf smartly, Aura comes packed with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see. Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples, or their family by going to Aura.com potential. That's Aura, spelled A-U-R-A, dot com slash potential. Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to Aura.com potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow lover of horror, Taylor Sokol. Well, he's slowly becoming a lover of horror. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Inch by inch. Today we're reviewing the supernatural comedy horror television series, Goosebumps. This was developed by Rob Letterman and Nicholas Stoller for Disney Plus and Hulu. Of course, based on the Goosebumps novels by R.L. Stein. So, Goosebumps, wow, throwback now for me and Taylor. This is definitely a book series that I enjoyed when I was a kid, and there was an original TV show that came out. And now, you know, we've had a few movies along the way with Jack Black and stuff, but now they're taking another crack at Goosebumps. But this time, instead of doing individual stories, they're doing an overarching story. Uh, incorporating many elements of certain select novels from the series. Uh, so we're excited to check this out. Um, you know, started coming out right, ready for spooky season, just finished up recently. So 10 episodes and uh, we will discuss some spoilers. So definitely if you're really interested in watching the show and haven't finished it all, there's your warning. So, Taylor, what's a brief synopsis of this 2023 version of Goosebumps? We follow a group of uh, five high schoolers who embark on a shadowy and twisted journey to investigate a tragic passing of a student three decades earlier of a team named Harold Biddle, uh, while also unearthing dark secrets from their parents' past. So yeah, um, I actually, it was fun, you know, going back to when I was an early reader, um, you know, both in our, our heyday, 
uh, growing up, I actually did dabble a lot in reading the Goosebumps books before actually Same. actually watching the show. Um, some of my favorite ones was like the Barking Ghost, uh, Shocker and Shock Street. Um, but you know, I I always really enjoyed that R.L. Stein. You know, was kind of like the Disney of horror. You know, where he he knew that you can appeal to kids and make a really good, compelling kind of a dark Twilight Zone uh, for a younger generation, if you will. So was very excited to see this, um, especially that they're going to be kind of a series. And knowing that, whereas the 1995 series focuses on, you know, individual stories, kind of like an anthology, this is kind of, as you said, overarching theme, but really great nods to a lot of the elements or main characters or themes of the Goosebumps series. So right off the bat, I tell you, setting this in a very, you know, gloomy Pacific Northwest town, you know, really kind of sets the stage. Um, you know, automatically, like what I really liked is that we've got um, just a mix of a, you know, really great cast of unknowns. Like I haven't seen any of these young actors play these students. So that that was really great to um, kind of have a really good mix of people, you know, not well known uh, and also bringing some uh, some recognizable faces, including Justin Long, who's no stranger to horror. And I like that, you know, if Justin Long's in a horror series or film, you know, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> um but I had a blast. I I liked number one. What really stuck at me. I love the, um, I love the soundtrack. Although Chris and I did say that I wish they had more of a nod or ode, even kind of remix of the original theme song of Goosebumps. Yeah, um, which like, is kind of a shame, on. especially for you know for the OG fans. Um, but I like the soundtrack that they used, and I really liked uh, a lot of the uh, kind of instrumental use uh, throughout the series. Yeah, so yeah, I kind of wanted that. Dun, 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 dun. None of that was in this, but anyway. Okay, what I liked about this series. So yeah, Justin Long is great. So he moves into this big house, and this is the house where Harold Biddle died in three decades earlier. And he becomes possessed. And when he becomes possessed by the spirit. You notice that there's this house downstairs that has all these kind of creepy elements. It has a mask. It has the camera. It has, you know, these things, the worms. And so all of our, our five teens each get inflicted by some version of a story from Goosebumps. So Isaiah, played by Zach Morris, who's like the star quarterback, he finds the camera. So at a party, he's taking photos of people and he notices that the photos, when they print out, show how they're going to die. Um, you know, we have uh, Lucas played by Will Price. He is a person that likes to kind of do reckless stuff and he eats worms from time to time to show, you know, as like a fun thing. He ends up being the worms and becomes like a worm person. And then there's this huge kind of crazy, you know, all the worms turn into like a big giant worm monster. Um, you know, one of the characters hits the mask where she always feels like she's never seen by anyone and she puts the mask on and then she can do all these things. But now the mask kind of becomes her identity. So I like those elements that they were like, oh, these are different, you know, things that have been inflicted by this dark, you know, possession of Harold Biddle and Harold Bill's, you know, possession of Mr. Brat, played by Justin Long. First off, very goofy. Justin Long, he's so funny. And when he's possessed, I mean, he, he you know, it's like he's trying to search for Slappy, the doll, iconic from goosebumps probably the most iconic figure of goosebumps uh, you know night of the living dummies you know, there's been multiple you know sequel follow-up books of that as well 
And so all that worked really well. Like, and like you said, the setting, the New England setting, like this, or um, is it, not is it North in Pacific, like it has that kind of twilight feel, but like it's just dark and gloomy and always like something's around the corner. I love that Justin Long always sees Harold Biddle like in different images. Like whenever he looks up in the mirror, he sees the dark, you know, kind of version of Harold Biddle. So all of that worked. But you get all these little elements of horror. You get 10 minutes of that for 40 minutes of boring teen just talking relationships, uh, stuff with their parents. Their parents clearly knew Harold Biddle. You got Rachel Harrison here, Rob Hubel. I mean, Leonard Roberts. You got a lot of people you recognize that they, the parents were the reason why Harold actually died. Not by any um, nefarious means. It was an accident, really. But that this whole dark spirit is kind of taking revenge on the teens because of what happened from the parents. I think the problem with this season was, overall, these are like anywhere from 36 to 48 minute episodes. They all should have been half hour and they should have focused way more on the horror and not like the teen drama soap opera kind of like bullshit in my personal opinion. Well, when you, when you have a show called Goosebumps and it's going to, you know, have these elements from the books, especially when each episode is titled like the original book titles, those horror elements should be more part of it. You know, they're not you. They were not used enough or they didn't really carry over into like the next episode or something like that. And I, and also like, again, mild spoilers here. What I, what I would have liked, and maybe that's part of the idea. I would have liked a more explanation is how did these come about to have these supernatural elements? Cause it's not really explained, but maybe that's kind of the point of it. Um, it's, is, is it because of the possession of this ghostly figure? But I agree. What I think about the, the teen angst, I will say the relationships are kind of all over the place. They're just, you know, they're, I don't really, they're not really well-defined, um, but yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of these scenes where I think we could have cut for time and focus more on the horrific elements. I do praise it though. It was a lot darker than I was expecting, especially for kind of a Disney uh, series, but I would like to see if they do where they kind of leave off. If they go for a second season, they do kind of either cut like the season length or, you know, smaller episodes for pacing. Because, right, the pacing did drag a bit here and there. Well, what I thought was so ridiculous is that they do all this setup to find Slappy. And you could tell that the parents are like, oh, God, he's trying to find Slappy. Who was voiced uh, by Chris Gear, who the guy who did Slappy did a, an excellent job. Just a little shout out to. Uh. You, you find out the whole idea that, you know, Slappy was possessed by this, this Kondu spirit. And, of course, when you read the the little inscription then slappy comes to life and they did slappy really well i just wish slappy had more time he had more screen time or more to do because i remember slappy from the the books doing a lot and they did great with the makeup in terms of if slappy was to possess somebody or turn them like into a living doll um all that was really great but they the second half it takes this long turn where they eventually get to like brat you know, is chasing down Rachel Harris's character, Lucas's mom. And very homage to the shining, like, you know, Justin Long, he his leg gets hurt. So like he's basically dragging with an axe throughout the woods to try to find Slappy, which I thought was like really fun. And they eventually, you know, the the possession of of Biddle kind of finishes and Biddle actually gets to like pass on to the afterlife with his parents. And it's like, oh, 
everything's good now, right? And they throw, they throw Slappy like over this, you know, gorge over in the mountains. And then the episode, Slappy's eyes open up. So you're like, oh, clearly Slappy's not like dead. In the last two episodes, we do this whole then like, oh, we're going to go to Seattle because maybe one of the characters is going to go to school in Seattle. And it's just this huge detour. And I was like, I don't give a crap about any of this stuff. Go back to Slappy. And then Justin Long, who we think is now not possessed, he's writing this book. And he's he's kind of our R.L. Stein figure in a way in this. And he actually is funny. He's listening to a podcast of R.L. Stein of how to be a good writer, which I thought was a fun little Easter egg. And he gets this uh, job from New York being like, we love it, but we want a different ending. And he's like, different ending? Oh, crap. What do I do? I should go find Slappy. Maybe I can get some inspiration if I wake him back up. So then we actually find out that, yeah, this kind of figure was actually the whole, you know, kind of main evil entity, this whole thing. And he wants to do this huge kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like um this, big, this sacrifice yeah. that will allow him to he basically you know wants to kind of purge the world one be more powerful mm. but also you know again with those machiavellian things like he thinks what i'm doing is the greater good but you know i'm just consumed by evil so but it's pretty horrific i will say well yeah i mean he, he's got this huge kind of tower and he's possessed all the people of the towns so they all look like dolls and they're all gonna be lit on fire in this big spear and but then you come to find out it's like, oh, okay, originally when, you know, Kondu was, you know, like the 18th century and he was making Slappy, this this doll maker, the doll maker realized that this guy was too powerful and he actually killed him. So it kind of ends in a way where it's like the, the evil has been put aside for now, but clearly... um you know, Isaiah gets shot by Kondu in like a last ditch attempt. And we know that the, the doctor's like, we can't do anything for him. And so then one of the girls reads the description to help him heal. Then Justin Long looks up in the mirror and he sees Kondu again right in front of him. So he knows that like clearly there's there's a way to continue. I'd be down for a second season, but I just need them to do way more with the horror and actually goosebumps and not so much the like teen because it just I think it was like 75% of the show was just like talking relationships with the parents or the teens. And then 25% was actually goosebumps. I'm here for goosebumps. I'm not here yeah. for, if I want a drama or a soap opera, I'm going to go watch that. I'm here to watch goosebumps. Yeah. I don't want goosebumps because you like that girl in class. <laughs> yeah. What the scary goosebumps. And I mean, this is just like a totally with the times. There is a character that is, um, you know, gay in this show. And I felt like they wrote every line for him to be so stereotypical. Like I have to write what is, what is, you know, the current lingo and modern. And I just felt like it wasn't genuine Yeah. Um, as a, as a comedy relief character, as opposed to like, a which genuine, I feel like it's 2023. You know. We've kind of, I thought we moved kind of past the kind of stuff, which is yeah. surprising, especially. So, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, I was still invested in watching the show and I like goosebumps. So I, if they do get a second season, I hope they turn it up a notch with the horror. Um, Maybe different location. Different location. I, I'm down for the same characters and give us more nods to the books. Let's really then expand this. But really, the the standout is Justin Long. He is so funny in this, and he's the one to watch. So I'm going to give Goosebumps. It's going to be like a 7 out of 10. I, yeah. I enjoyed a good chunk of it, but it needs a lot of work. 
for sure. Same here, but uh, you yourselves can decide for yourself and check it out either on Disney Plus or Hulu streaming now all 10 episodes. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.